Hi, I'm Brittany. And I'm Kami. And this is the Deeply Rooted Homeschool. The heart behind this podcast is to encourage and equip you as you start or continue your homeschool journey. If you are considering homeschooling or are new to homeschooling, we created this podcast with you in mind to answer common questions. If you're just finding us, you'll want to go back and catch up on our past episodes. Thanks for joining us today. Welcome back to the Deeply Rooted Homeschool. Today we're doing another kind of odd episode where it's just me and Brittany today, and we are answering questions that people have submitted on our social media pages. So if you're not following us on social media, definitely hop over to Facebook or Instagram. We try to be pretty interactive over there, and we love to have feedback from you guys about what you want to hear us talk about or help you answer questions. We really are here to equip you and encourage you in your homeschool journey. So definitely join us over there. But today we're just going to kind of interview each other about a couple of different things. So let's get started. So we thought we would just reintroduce ourselves since there's so many new people that are listening now. My name is Cammie. Uh, I have three kids that are ages 10, 7, and 4 right now. I've been married to my husband, Tyler, for 12 years, uh, almost 13, actually, this fall. And I actually have had the opportunity to go to public school, private school, and homeschool. So I was in public school, kindergarten, first, and second grades. And then third grade, fourth grade, and fifth grade, I went to a private Catholic school. And we're we're not Catholic, but that was where I went to school for that season. And then when I was in the sixth grade, my mom pulled me and my brother at the time was in kindergarten pulled us out of school to homeschool us. And I stayed homeschooled from sixth grade through 12th grade. My brothers, after kindergarten for the one brother, uh, none of my other brothers went to school at all. They were always homeschooled. And then I went on to college, got a degree. I'm an occupational therapist. So I technically have um, a master's degree for that and had a short career doing occupational therapy things. And then I decided to stay home full-time and homeschool our kids. So what about you, Brittany? Okay. So I was raised just going to public school. I I think I did like one year in a, a private Christian school for kindergarten and part of first, and then moved states and have just been public school ever since. And then I went to college and I have a degree in teaching. I taught high school for three years, almost four. And I have three kids, been married for 13 years. My kids are almost nine, almost seven, and almost four. They are all about to have birthdays. So it's, you know, it's one of those, it's hard to to say their ages where they're at now because they're about to you know, be a year older. So I got the nudge to public or to homeschool when my oldest was three and it kind of came out of nowhere given my background in education, but I've just really been, a lot has been revealed in me through this process. Okay. So Cammy, you were homeschooled and I want to know what made your parents decide to homeschool you and since you were in sixth grade, was there a conversation and what did that look like? 
That's a great question, Brittany. Um, I really, really hated school. I really never was happy. I was really interested in learning. I love to read. I love to do the school part of things. But because of that, I was always a little bit further ahead of everybody. And there was a lot of downtime for me. It was like I would get through with my work and be bored. And so I didn't have a lot of friends at school. That wasn't something that I really, I just didn't enjoy it. I really did not like school any of the the six years that I went. And at the time that my parents decided to homeschool us, my my brother right below me was in kindergarten and he was having a really hard time as well. He really struggled with with kindergarten. And so my parents decided they were going to homeschool us. And about that time, we were moving to a new city that was kind of far away from the school that we had been attending. And my mom also found out that she was expecting my baby brother kind of very uh, in an unexpected surprise kind of a way. And so she decided that for this season, she was going to homeschool. We had a lot of friends from church that homeschooled. It wasn't totally unheard of for us. Even at that time, even in the in the late 90s, that wasn't too out there for my family because of the people that we were around. And so they asked, they did. I can't, I kind of remember having a conversation with them about it. Like, would you be okay with doing this? And kind of they referenced the people that we knew that homeschooled. And I was excited about it because I really, really did not like school. And so I thought that would be fun. My mom was going to have another baby. And I was at that age, I was fixing to turn 11. And I was kind of at the age, I love babies. I loved the idea of getting to be there and help take care of my baby brother and that kind of stuff. So it was exciting for me at, at a sixth grade, sixth grader me. So we did. And I will say that my parents always asked me every year, if I wanted to try public school or private school, or if I wanted to stay homeschooled, that was always an ongoing conversation until I think after a few years, they realized I was always going to say, no, I don't want to go to public school. And it wasn't a conversation again after that, but we moved to a new town again, two hours further on down the road when I was 15. And so that was sort of, I was going into ninth grade and that would have been a really great time to go to public school and start high school in this new city with new people. And, and I just didn't want to, I just loved being at home. I'm kind of a homebody. We've talked about that before and and it was good for me. So I didn't, didn't want to. That's great. What about you, Brittany? Was homeschooling even a topic of conversation for you and your family growing up or was it always just, just public school? So growing up, homeschool was never an option, which is a little ironic because my mom stayed home like my entire childhood. Um, she stayed home because I had younger siblings as well. And it wasn't until I was in high school that my mom really started to work outside of the home. So it it could have happened, but it was never a conversation because the town that we, we lived in, we just didn't know anybody that did, or, well, I say that the, the, families and the the kids that you you heard of were always you know labeled as weird didn't know them knew nothing about them but they were labeled as such and so it was one of those things that you just don't do and there wasn't a there wasn't a community for homeschooling where i came from so 
it just was not a conversation. But it, it's funny because now as heavily involved as I am in the homeschool community in our town now, and, you know, I direct and I'm just really, really passionate about it. My mom actually asked me the other day, and you you could tell that there was a just a, a little bit of um, almost guilt in her question, or like she was a little bit afraid of what I was going to say. She said, do you wish that you had been homeschooled? And I think the question that she meant to ask was, do you wish I had homeschooled you? Like that she had made this choice or she had come to this realization or, you know, whatever. And I feel like I felt my, my role in that was to quickly extinguish that, that flame of guilt and just say, no, like. I didn't, that wasn't on my radar. It wasn't on your radar. It wasn't something we were equipped to do at the time. I don't think it would have been a similar outcome as what our kids have right now, because, you know, where we were at, it just wouldn't have played out as, as well. So, uh, it's funny that you ask that because I just had this conversation with her, but, but no, homeschooling was not anything I was exposed to in any way. Well, in in your experience, your public school background, and then after that, going to college and being in education, that set you up and kind of paved the way for where you are now. So you wouldn't want to go back and change that. That's right. I mean, God has a plan and everything. And, um, you know, I don't have any regrets. I have no regrets for my, my education. I didn't love, I didn't love school either. But I still, I wouldn't change anything because I know that, you know, God has a purpose for all of it and he's not going to waste any experience that we have. Right. So, Cammie, having had both experiences, well, experiences in in multiple areas, you know, private school, public school, and homeschooling, what was your thought process when you knew you were going to have kids and you were already thinking about, I'm sure you were already thinking about their education. What was that process like having experienced multiple ways of schooling? You know, as I thought about our kids and as I started to have kids, I didn't really think about our kids' education until it got closer to time for kindergarten for our oldest. I mean, most people don't. And then I realized that the things that I really loved about being homeschooled is what I wanted for my family. And my parents were really, really great about family identity and making sure that we we went on vacations together. We went camping together. We did things together as a family unit. And I really wanted that for my kids. I didn't want my my kids to grow up and have lots of different memories I wanted them to have lots of core, like core unit memories of us doing things together. And so as I thought about how do we accomplish that, homeschool absolutely fits fits that. And my husband was raised in public school and he is very intentional about making sure that they know that he had a good experience in public school. We're, we try to be very careful about how we word things and make sure that we're I mean, public school is great when it's great. It just isn't really what we want for our kids right now in this season of our life. So, yeah, so I I totally get that because 
you know, my husband's very similar. He had a great experience in public school, top of his class. Like, um, he, he didn't have any complaints about his education. And, you know, I've talked a little bit in our last episode about how I just didn't love school either. But when it came to our kids' education, that's all I knew was my experience in, in public school. And all I knew were the stereotypes about homeschool. So I really kind of felt stuck in a way of this is, this is what we have. And especially being a public school teacher, I kind of felt like that's the road that I have to take. So honestly, what I thought was going to happen was that I was going to get to stay home with my kids for a few years because I felt like that's what I saw modeled for me growing up were that some of my favorite elementary teachers would stop teaching when they had babies and then they would come back when their kids went to kindergarten. So I kind of thought that that's what would happen for me because I'm not a kindergarten teacher. I can't teach my kids. So I'll stay home with them for a few years and then I'll send them to school and I'll go back to work. And the thought was just kind of heartbreaking for me. And so then when the Lord started putting this this homeschool bug in my ear, it the process was really interesting for us. I remember talking over with my husband and it was like, but we don't know how to do that. <laughs> but then there was this, well, you're a teacher, so you could probably handle it. Well, you know, we'll figure it out. If that's what the Holy Spirit's telling us to do, we'll figure it out. So, you know, the process, your process is one thing. And then the Lord comes in and kind of reminds you that he fills in the gaps and he makes it all work. Okay. So you said that you didn't know how to do this. This homeschool thing was kind of a foreign concept for you and your husband. Um, but you had this education background. You were a teacher. So do you think that your education background prepared you for homeschooling or hindered you when you started homeschooling? So I can definitely speak to both aspects of that. As far as it, um, how it helped, there were some great things. You know, I, I was family consumer sciences. That was my major and then education. So I, I got to learn about child development and about parenting. And those were my absolute favorite classes. Those were the ones that I would, I would really dive into. And then when I taught high school, those were the classes that I, I had to focus on. So I was the one that taught those classes. Um, and I also taught um, an intro into education for students that were in high school that wanted to be teachers. So I taught them those intro to education classes. And there were there were kids that were wanting to teach elementary age. So it definitely helped in the child development arena. I I knew how how kids were developed, their different developmental needs. I knew how they learn. Um, that's kind of what set me on the path in homeschooling. What made me kind of choose how I wanted to homeschool was those years of learning how kids learn the best. And so that aspect, that aspect of, um, teaching really helped me. And as far as, um, hindrance from my education, yes, unfortunately there are many things. What, what works for public school and what makes it work is actually the things that I needed to break away from in homeschool. In order to teach a class of 30, I mean, because let's, let's be honest, that those were the class sizes, sizes that I was dealt. 
um, to teach a class of you know 20 to 30, you have to have a certain structure. And, you know, there were just certain practices in place that needed to keep those wheels spinning. But in homeschool, I didn't need those things. So for instance, frameworks, being told these are the things that you need to teach. And I'm looking at these lists of things and I'm thinking, this is not at all what these kids need to know right now. Like I know these kids and I know their backgrounds and I know their home lives and I know these things. They don't need to know what you're telling me to teach. So being, being told what to teach, um, was, was definitely, you know, one of the negatives. And so then in homeschool, I'm starting this homeschool journey and I'm, I'm waiting to be told what to teach in a way, you know, where's the framework where, you know, and we use curriculums, but but where's the curriculum that tells me every single thing that I need to do? And when I started off homeschooling, I tried to recreate that for my kids. And that's where I failed in the beginning. And that's where I got almost really burned out because I, my kids weren't responding to it. And it took me back to that, that child development background that I had to learn and remember that's not the way kids learn. So, you know, I mentioned that it kind of, my child development background steered me to the choices that we've made in our homeschool. We do a a classical method. And that's because when I learned about the classical method, it sent me back to what I knew about child development and the way kids learn. And I thought, I don't need a framework. I don't need these, these strict, the strict structure on what my kids need to do each day because somebody else tells me that that's what they need to do. I need to do these things because this is the way that kids learn. They learn through play. They learn through singing. They learn through memorization. So yes, the hindrances were definitely there, but there was also positives. Yeah, Brittany, that is so relatable. I am an occupational therapist, and that means that, I mean, I had a ton of development courses not only development courses, but learning how to help kids kind of tackle harder tasks for them. And so that is so applicable in homeschool. Sometimes I really struggle with feeling like I worked really hard for these skills and this career that now I don't really use. And God is always really quick to remind me that I am using them. And for, um, I mean, just even with my kids, both I have two kids that for sure have different sensory issues. We've kind of talked about this a little bit before and I didn't know, I wasn't really a pediatric occupational therapist. I did all of my electives and I planned to be an occupational therapist that worked with kids. But when I got out into the world I didn't really like it. Like I didn't like the practice setting for pediatrics. And so I switched gears and ended up doing orthopedics, but I had all this knowledge that like sat in my brain. And when I started really, as my kids got older and I started seeing like, oh, we kind of have some sensory things going on and oh, we kind of need a little extra help with this or that. And it was amazing to me how God redeemed that for me because I had that knowledge sitting there and I've been able to help my kids kind of learn how to manage some of those things. Right. And just like you, we do a classical model of education and 
the same exact thing. The thing that pulled me to the classical model of education was that I know how kids learn and it's through play. Kids learn through play. And how do they play? They play by singing songs. They play by repeating the same things over and over again. The reason, just like kids can watch the same TV show. 12 times in a row and they still laugh at the same parts. Like they still think it's funny because that's how kids' brains are wired to work. And so knowing all of that, I feel like helped me too. Helped me to tackle my homeschool in my way. I think that no matter what career or not a career, no matter what your your life path has been up to the point that you decide to homeschool, God can take that and and apply it for your kids in your specific circumstances. Okay, Cammie, so knowing what you know about child development from your education, your college education, but thinking back on aspects of your own homeschool growing up, are there aspects of your homeschool that you have kept the same or, you know, anything specifically that you set out to change? You know, it's a whole different world now. I was homeschooled in the late 90s. Um, I graduated high school in 2003. So it was different. The internet was just getting to be a thing. There wasn't so much information at our fingertips like there is now. And so, you know, we, my mom homeschooled definitely using like a box curriculum kind of approach. I don't think there was a lot of information out there back then, even about about different types of homeschooling or different methods of homeschooling. We had a church that was very homeschool friendly. And I think my mom probably just did kind of what other people around her were doing, which was box curriculum. And as we got up into the upper levels, she would do video um, like for algebra or chemistry, some of the harder subjects, we would do DVD, um, not DVD. They were VHS, 100% VHS. Uh, <laughs> DVDs weren't around yet. And um, so I learned that way. And, you know, I didn't, it wasn't the best. I, I wouldn't say that that was the best, but it was what we had. And it was, it was kind of just what was available to us at the time. And, so when I started homeschooling, I didn't, I knew that I didn't want to do that. Does it make sense? Like mm-hmm. I didn't want to just have a blanket. Okay. Here's all of our curriculum. This is all the first grade. And I knew that there was better stuff out there. And it was clearly, we had the internet, we had access to so much more now. And so I knew that I wanted to kind of pick and choose a little bit more than my mom had. You know, so that's something that I I wanted to change was the the way I approached homeschooling was is a little bit different than the way that my mom approached homeschooling. As far as something that I wanted to keep in my homeschool, you know, when we were being homeschooled, my mom had a group of friends and it was very family centric. And I really feel like she had this community of of moms and families around her that all moved as family units. There was never like play dates just for the girls or just for the boys or just for the 10 year olds. It was like we would all of us go to somebody's house and all the kids played together. And I think that that's something that has carried through to me now, even in 
how we operate on a weekly basis. We all go all the places. I don't like dividing up. I think that we really function best when we're all kind of together. And I say that, you know, there's times where you need to walk away as the mom and have a girl's night out or whatever. But in terms of what you do most of the time, week to week, you know, our culture tries to separate us out and say, this is men's ministry. This is women's ministry. This is children's ministry. This is where the 10-year-olds go. This is where the five-year-olds go. And I don't like that. That's not really how I was how I was raised. I was raised, I have a um, brothers that are four, 11, and 13 years younger than me. And so we always had babies and a toddler. And I mean, we always just had all of us together. And I really appreciate that now looking back because I have such a strong relationship with my brothers that I probably wouldn't have had. Those brothers that are 11 and 13 years younger than me, I would have been in middle school and probably wouldn't see them very much. But I have a really close relationship with them because my parents acted as a family unit. And so that is something that I have pulled forward to my homeschool now is that I really have tried to cultivate friendships with people who have kind of a similar mind on that. And we do things together as families and not necessarily like, oh yeah, this is my son's friend. This is my daughter's friend. We're just friends with all of them. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it's such a beautiful part of homeschool. Right. That, I mean, it's it's unique to homeschool because, I mean, I'm I'm in a similar situation as far as my brothers. I have three brothers as well. One is a little bit older and we were closer because we had those formative preschool years together, but then my two younger brothers are several years younger than me. And because they were in diapers when I was in school and then they were in elementary school when I was in high school, we just never formed that kind of a strong bond. But if we had been home together and again, I'm not, I have no regrets about my education, but I think about things like that. If we, the unique thing about homeschool is that family unit, it's it's automatically a piece of everything you do. Right. The the family unit and strengthening the family unit. So I mean there and there is value in, you know, we like to take our kids on individual dates to sure. get attention and to have one on one time with them and really check in with them and, you know, see if there are things that we're missing or, you know, just to love on them and fill up their their tank. But that what you're talking about, strengthening the family unit is Again, just something really unique to homeschool that I feel like is one of the the biggest pluses of homeschool. Absolutely. I mean, my brother, my youngest brother, like I said, he's 13 years younger than me. And actually, there's there's less space between him and my son than there is between me and my brother. <laughs> so he's actually closer in age to my son than he is to me. And but Honestly, he texts me every day. Like we talk every single day at, and I'm, you know, in my thirties and he's still one of the people that is I'm closest to. And so I feel like that that's only accomplished because we were homeschooled. I really do. Absolutely. Yeah. No doubt about it. I mean, how else would you, you know, if you're apart from each other, several hours a day at school, 
like you don't you don't get that opportunity and then you're in a classroom with you know all kids your age as a you know high schooler and he's in class with kids his age in elementary school you know you just you don't get that you come home at the end of the day and you don't want to hang out with your your baby sibling and you know i'm not going to be here forever and my husband's not going to be here forever and we want our kids to have that mm-hmm. that bond that they know that they have somebody on their side yeah oh that's so good and just every decision that we make i think we kind of filter it through that lens as as parents now we filter it through is this good for our whole family and yes it's important to take to do like individual things it's important for everybody to have their own i mean each of my kids has their own kind of little extracurricular activity that's just theirs that they like to go do and i'm i'm fully supportive of that but guess what we all go and we all sit and we all wait and we all watch and we all participate for them does that make sense like mm-hmm. this isn't just my son's thing we'll see y'all later. It's usually we're all sitting here waiting and we're being patient and learning those skills because we love each other. Well, and what, I mean, all of the skills, you say the skills, that's, that's so much because I feel like we have kind of this overarching theme in our society about, you know, individualism, you know, it's all about the individual and what they want and going after their thing. But what you're saying is very countercultural. It is think about the family, think about um the good of of everyone in this unit and cheering on this, you know, everybody else and, you know, waiting with these people and, you know, there's just there's a lot there. I think if you were to unpack it and really get down to all of the things, all of the benefits of what you're saying about a family unit, strengthening the family unit. Um, it's very countercultural, but in the best way. But because I mean, countercultural in that it's all about the individual, which is so incredibly selfish. Mm-hmm. And what are we teaching those kids? We're teaching them that the world revolves around them, which is not true. And I think that then we have this crisis when they grow up and become adults. They still think the world revolves around them because we set that up. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, I'm fighting so hard to not let that be the case in our family. Yeah. Well, and I feel like most homeschool families, whether they realize it or not, are doing the same. Right. Right. Because it's just kind of what we do. You know, we have to do these things together because we're with each other right. all the time. Right. <laughs> so, and you know, except for the the rare occasion where you do do these, you know, extra things, these special things with one child or on your own as a mom or dad you know, you are doing things as a unit. It is. It's healthy. It's healthy for them to have their own thing and know that they have this spot that's just theirs. However, mm-hmm. you know, like when you're talking about where are you spending your time on the weekends? Where are you spending your time? If you're spending your time always divided and running in opposite directions, you're never going to have a strong family bond and a strong family unit. If dad has kid one at sports practice and mom has kid two at dance practice and kid three is just along for the ride, that's not really accomplishing what we want Mm -hmm. for our family. 
And so I think that it's it's easy to slip into that. It's really easy to think, oh, well, like everybody else is playing baseball on the weekend, so we're going to do that. It's really, really easy to slide mm-hmm. into that direction because it is what our culture does. But I think right now, after the COVID stuff, people have kind of reset yeah. and are starting to think about these things a little bit more and make different decisions going forward. And I hope that they are. I hope that we see a shift towards the family unit being what's important in our culture. That's right. Okay. So Brittany, another question that we had from one of our listeners is what is something that you pulled into your homeschool from your education background? Okay. So I feel like I've, I've hit on a, um, you know, several positives, you know, things that, that I learned that could certainly answer this question, but something that I haven't mentioned that I felt like when I heard it, I thought this is going to help me for a long time. And I don't remember who said it. It was probably a principal. I had some amazing principals who were so passionate about what they did and, um, you know, the education system has a way of wearing people down. So I went through a lot of principles, but I had one principal that said, monitor and adjust. And she just would repeat it all the time, monitor and adjust. If this isn't working, you monitor and adjust. And I, I just remember, like I said, thinking this is going to help me for a long time. And it's something that I've definitely carried in homeschool. And I've changed curriculums in the middle of the year. And when things aren't working, I, I monitor it. I see how it's going. I kind of, you know, will check in with my kids and, you know, watch them closely. And, you know, I don't make decisions quickly as far as if this curriculum is not working this week and we just started it, I'm not going to change it. I'm going to monitor the situation. I'm going to watch how things go. And then if we need it, I'm going to adjust. And just being able to adjust, I feel like is, is kind of a superpower in homeschool. Like it's kind of what you're here for. You know, you're, you're here to meet your kids where they're at and, you know, yeah, you want to teach them to stick it through and, you know, you work hard. Our, our motto for our family is work hard and have fun. Like we want to have fun, but teaching them to work hard and have a good work ethic is also super important. Um, me speaking from experience as somebody who liked to give up when things were hard as a kid. And I felt like I was able to. I was able to give up on things when they didn't come easy to me. But back to this monitor and adjust thing, it's just something that that I've carried with me and has been really, I, I mean, I've used it so much, probably more than I even realize. And it's a, it's a beautiful tool. It's something that, you know, I carry in my tool belt and I use a lot. And it, it would probably be one of my favorite school supplies too. which I I had somebody give me a similar piece of advice about parenting Mm -hmm. that like if something's not working parenting wise don't be afraid to change it and it has it has translated to homeschool really well because you're right I mean that's it's a superpower you can fix things for your kids if they're not working you are not locked down to anything it's okay to switch to switch paths altogether so absolutely so you mentioned school supply. Um, I think this is fun because we have never asked each other this, but we ask 
pretty much every guest that has ever been on our show what their favorite school supply is. So Brittany, what's your favorite school supply? Okay, so first I have to say, I don't think you're using a friction pin. I'm not. I know. And you are like the biggest friction pin evangelist that I know. Oh, I know. So, this is the pin that was in my purse, though. It's kind of disappointing. I know. I know. It was kind of disappointing to me as well <laughs> as I started taking notes tonight <laughs> that this was You're not like, a friction pin. I can't pin. erase this. I kind of thought it was when I pulled it out of my purse, but it is not. It is a uh, paper mate ink joy. Oh, my goodness. Disappointing. Well, so obviously friction pins, um, I feel like we sing their praises. We could, you know, probably work for them as much as we um, talk about friction pins. So friction pins, every type of friction pin, I feel like is really awesome. And oh my goodness, cards. I love um, what are the index cards and post-it notes. Cami, you got me hooked on post-it notes because of how you use them in class and just the different ways that you can, you know, write things on them and post them around your house and, you know, make a game out of school. And that's been really, really fun for us. But I love all of the organization stuff, the tabs, the spiral notebooks, all of it. Okay, so the tabs, that's something I've never used in my homeschool until this year, to be honest. I mean, I had used them in my binders to kind of like keep myself organized, mm -hmm. but I didn't understand the beauty of them until I had this year where I've got so many things to keep straight because three kids and there's stuff everywhere. And those movable tabs yes. where I can go tab the math lesson for the day mm -hmm. and then the next day just move it on over so the kids don't have to ask me which math lesson am I on it's the one that's tabbed and they know that and I yeah that's my newest thing right now is those tabs that I've never understood about the removable tabs this week because he dog-eared a book oh and a part of me died oh and yeah I, I can't like, do that how do you not know about these you are my child so I got to Pull them out and teach them about the beauty Look, of... It's a bookmark. It's just a fancy bookmark. Yes. But I'm trying to think what else. I know. I do love the friction pins. I really love dry erase stuff. I really love... I have... Okay. This is going to... Here's my inner nerd that's coming out. Y'all are going to get to hear all of its glory. Um, So I have... This is not even necessarily like homeschool, but just like my favorite thing in my house right now. I have a whiteboard and it's the one big piece of it that we got like at Home Depot and it was maybe eight dollars and we hung it on the wall with the um command velcro strips it doesn't have a frame on it doesn't have anything else on it it's just one giant whiteboard and it's in my laundry room I have a big wall in my laundry room that's blank and I didn't put any like permanent markings or anything on it it's just a white marker board and it's where my brain lives it's the grocery list and the calendar like I'll put the days of the week down and, and kind of write out what we have going on I will keep the grocery list going I'll keep the honeydew list going people that I want to pray for or a scripture that I'm meditating on and I don't know we talked about laundry earlier in the last episode and man I spent a lot of time in my laundry room so I have that like mounted where I can think about stuff so with my favorite dry erase markers, um, those big intensity ones, mm -hmm. I keep up with my brain on that marker board. And that's just what works for me. I've decided that like a planner doesn't even work for me anymore. And the people that are listening that have known me for a long time are like, 
clutching their chest right now that I just said. It that is, It's pretty shocking. That a planner is not working for me anymore. It's just not. But yeah. the marker board is where it lives. I think I'm going to try that because the planner doesn't work for me. The phone doesn't work for mm-hmm. me. I just end up having a million lists all over the house. Right. That I've just scratched onto random pieces of paper. And because I didn't I didn't mark it permanently in any way. So I can like completely erase it and move where things are. Mm-hmm. And each week it kind of looks a little different depending on what's going on that week or what I need to remember. Um, sometimes it has two weeks side by side if I need to remember what's coming up next week. But yeah, like that has been my favorite thing. That I mean, because we're home. Because we're, we're home right now. We're here. Yes. Like there's not a lot than going ever, on. Yeah. We are home. So why not keep yeah. your list in your laundry room? That's right. And by the way, if you're listening, we asked you guys on social media um, last week, maybe, maybe two weeks ago, um, if you were homeschooling for the first time this year and if it was your first time to be homeschooling that we want to be praying for you and really just covering your homeschools in prayer. Your names are on my board in my laundry room. And I need y'all to know that, that we weren't just saying that. Like we honestly are praying for you, each one of you that is starting homeschool this year for the first time, whatever that looks like. Even if that means you have virtual school, a lot of the same rules still apply what we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. And your names are on that marker board and we pray for you. Yeah. Yeah, we do. And we have other moms in our group that, I say our group, in our friend group that are praying for you as well. And, you know, we see you and God sees you. He He knows your name and He knows your struggles and He knows your victories and He's celebrating with you. And yeah, we're we're definitely praying for you. So hopefully, I feel like everybody's kind of starting school in this little time right now, whether you've just started or whether you're about to start school, um, just know that we're praying for you and that we hope that this is a great year for you. And we hope that you find encouragement here. And as you interact with us on our social media stuff, we will do our best to get back with you and encourage you there as well. Yeah. And speaking of, don't forget to interact with us. We are committing ourselves (laughs) semi to going live on Thursdays on Facebook. And we had a really great discussion last week with the people that showed up. So now that you know about it, just make a plan to show up and just chat with us. Just tell us about how your day is going, how your week is going, how we can pray for you. And yeah, just interact. We just want to, we just want to connect with you. We really want this to be a community where you where all of us find encouragement, not just, I mean, it, this encourages us just listening to y'all stories as well. So thanks for joining us today. And we hope you have a great first month of homeschooling. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you were blessed and encouraged today. Check us out on social media at the Deeply Rooted Homeschool. We'll see you next time.